Are you sold on Chris Sale after his first spring training start? You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome you back into Lockdown Red Sox podcast, and thank you so much for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Nizuski, and here, as always, with my co-host, Nessa's Lauren Willand, and it's sale day. It's incredible that we finally get to say this long-awaited Chris Sale start in spring training, first time since 2019, and it was it was funny. When I hear the the year 2019, I think back to my sophomore year of college, and I'm two years removed from college, and it's just weird to me because, like, I mean, I don't gotta explain to you know the listeners how long it's been since we've seen Chris Sale fully healthy, but it's just nice to see him back on the mound, dominating in the two innings that he did against the Tigers, and walking off the mound with a smile on his face. Nothing better than that. Yeah, I mean, if you you know, we, we all want to forget what happened the last time last year when he was on the mound and just absolutely got his hand mangled by a a comebacker from the Yankees, but he looks good. He looks healthy. It's really, really good to see him. Like you said, smiling out there. Then when he was talking to Jemai Webster after he's still smiling and still making jokes, you know, about what happened the last time he was on the mound, but it's been a long time since he's been healthy and hopefully this is the season that he can be. It's a great, great start. It's great to see him. He had the, the control there. And everything. Yes, it was two innings, but that's what I mean. It's it's still early in spring training. You're not going to mm-hmm. go out there and ho- tell him to go throw five or six innings. He would if he if you told him to do that. He would. But it's a really really positive start and a promising start for Chris Sale. And it's just it's it's what you wanted to see because he's worked really hard to get back to full health. And maybe this is the season that he finally finally gets to it. And that's the that's the one thing that you know reflecting on sort of what we've seen him over the last few years it's been a lot of us waiting you know until you know april june whatever it is that's when you know the season begins when chris sale comes back and you know like i said it's it's been since 2019 they've really started the season with the team healthy on opening day now you know we, we've talked about it a lot of you know sort of pressure on his shoulders to be that ace that frontline starter for the team and sort of go back into the form that we saw him be dominant. Obviously you you can't really put that amount of pressure on him trying to get back to being comfortable, but it was nice to see him take that first step in his first start of spring. As you mentioned, he was, he had pinpoint control. And the one thing that I noticed as well is that the fastball velocity got up there a little bit. It was up to 96 last year. His average was, was 95 obviously only only appeared in one to two games. And then 2021, it was at 94. So it's nice to see that at least his velocity is up there and the control looks pinpoint so far. It does. And it's it's really, I mean, what more could you have asked for in a start like this for Chris Sale? And he, like I said, he, he looks good. He looks like he has control of his pitches. He looks confident on the mound. And he he said he got, he's a big fan of that, that pitch clock, even though he did get the mm-hmm. violation. He was like, I, I like it. But he's not a slow pitcher either. I think he's someone who's not going to be too, too impacted by it. I say that as you know, he was got a the violation on Monday. But overall, I think it was just a really positive start for Chris Sale and something that we like to see, something we love to see and gave fans an optimism. And yes, there's 
a ton of you know question marks around him. Can he stay healthy? Can he not get hit around? Can he last four or five innings? There's a lot of questions, but this was a very, very good start. And of course, we know the work ethic he has. He's just going to continue to build off of this, wait for his next start, and hopefully look the same, if not better. And, you know, you you, you mentioned the aspect of, you, you know, fans don't want to see him get hit around. And, you know, he let up two hits. You know, those two hits were, were due to balls over the you know, center of the plate. And, and he's just going to have to get used to, you know, being able to pinpoint his pitches on the edges, keep, keep the bats away from the balls, you know, so, so then, you know, obviously doesn't allow a lot of guys on base. But it was nice to see sort of, you know, what we saw from his rehab start in Worcester stacked up the walks. I believe it, it was around four to five walks um, when he made that re- rehab appearance. And, you know, it, it was just nice to see him, really looking like himself again. I had to bring out the, the Chris Sale bobblehead for the people who are watching the uh, the video version. Uh, but it, as, as well as, you know, you got to see that energy of him, you know, not only coming off the mound, but also when he was talking to Jemai. And, you know, I, I think especially with what they were talking about during the broadcast is, you know, Alex Cora is, been sort of that ex- the, the person who's excited to have him back on the field and says sort of the one that's like sort of mellow of like no let's let's just take it one day at a time and not get too excited too early yeah and I mean that's the thing that's what we that's what you and I keep saying is that yes it's early and yes you know we're not going to put too much stock into somebody being really good or somebody being really really bad because we know that at the end of the day it's regular season that matters and anyone can turn it around for better or for worse when it comes to the regular season but this is, it's just really, really good to see because if he had gone out there, if Chris Sale had gone out there and threw two innings, gave up four hits, five earned runs, couldn't get strikeouts, he was walking people left and right, there'd be a lot, a lot of negativity around him. And it's in, in the same, as excited as we are about him doing well, then yes, it, it is spring training. So I'm going to carry, you know, that the same kind of energy that I would have had if it was a, a negative start, but it's it's good to see and I want to continue to see this hopefully he has the ability to continue to string together these kinds of outings I think he will Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of high hope for Chris Sale and I'm excited that this first start went probably as well as it could have gone I I think if it was a negative start there'd be a lot of TVs broken I think (laughs) maybe maybe we we might see another one of those upset videos that we saw in Worcester but it, it was also interesting to see his mindset going into this game of you know what he was working on and you know you would think for a guy trying to get the juices flowing back that's sort of what he mentioned he was trying to do but also you know just starting the season on the right foot he might have one or two things maybe a pitch or two that maybe he's working on you know maybe his control or you know get, getting that change up to be back to where it was uh you know before he injured his pinky but he said you know when i'm in a game i'm not working on anything i'm working on competing and winning and that's just what you love to hear from a fiery guy like chris sale excited to be back on the mound and help the red sox win each time he's out there yeah and that's that's all we want right we just want him to be as healthy as possible we want him to give the red sox a chance to win every single time he's on the mound and we want him to return to the ace form the red sox this rotation doesn't necessarily have an ace right now that is I think it's you know it's Chris Sale he wants to go back and regain that ace-like form for the Red Sox but yeah I think that if if anyone's going to do it it's Chris Sale but um, I'm really excited for the next five days to go by so he can come back on the mound and see also see how he feels you know going out there yes it's just two innings but this is how you start to ramp up and he hasn't he's thrown the live hitters in spring but he hasn't pitched in a game 
since last year when he got his pinky blown off. And then before that, you, you just have to go back and be like, well, all right, let's just see what kind of Chris Sale we get this year. And I think we're going to get a very determined, a very hungry, and a very angry Chris Sale, someone who has a chip on his shoulder and someone who knows he has a ton to prove because he feels like he owes the Red Sox fans something because he hasn't been healthy a lot of his extension since he signed that extension a few years ago. So big, big season for Chris Sale, just like a lot of other people on this roster. But I think that we're going to see a different Chris Sale in, in the best way possible. We're not going to see the Chris Sale that we barely saw last year in the year before that. We're going to see, I think we're going to see a very, very different Chris Sale this year. And you brought up that health. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the positivity surrounding his start today was not only how well he looked, but also it wasn't may, maybe a replication of what we saw from James Paxton's first start. You know, it's, it seems like, you know, stars are dropping like flies. You know, Paxton, you know, strain, strains his hamstring. Bayo, Whitlock might not be ready for opening day. And, you know, j- just sort of the pattern of, I guess you could say, bad luck that the Red Sox are currently having in terms of injuries lately. Chris Sale, thank God, is not one of them, knock on wood. And and hopefully he's able to stay like that because I think it gets to a certain point where you can only have so much depth in terms of starting pitching. Yes, like that that's sort of what every team wants is to have deep starting pitching depth. When a guy goes down, you're able to slot him right in. Right. But, you know, it's nice to see that he was able to at least begin the season and have this first start without having any sort of negative feelings uh, coming out of this one with a potential injury, a potential strain or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow, Tuesday will be the big day to see how he's feeling and to see, you know, how he reacted to being out there and starting a a spring training game. But if he looks as good as he was feeling and he continues, you know, it seems like he's got a very, very good attitude and he always does. He's always accountable. Mm -hmm. He always knows what what to say when something is done. But I think the, the smiling Chris Sale and the happy Chris Sale is a Chris Sale we haven't seen in a very long time. And I think that that's going to even just have fuel him further and provide him more motivation to be this ace, be the ace of this staff and be the Chris sale that he knows he can be in the Chris sale that Red Sox fans all want him to be. And, you know, one thing that, you know, we've heard time and time again, since spring training has begun is sort of trying to understand the vibe check, you know, day in and day out. What, what, what is sort of the vibe around, you know, camp? How is this clubhouse jiving together with all the new faces? I found it interesting to hear what, uh, Sale said to Jemiah Webster in terms of the energy this spring. He said, it's just exciting. A lot of new faces. Guys are competing. That's the fun thing about this spring. There's a lot. There's a different energy. There's a lot of new guys here. There's guys who are trying to find a job and keep a job. That creates a great atmosphere for competitiveness, for friendly competition. And that's only going to translate better for us out on the field. And I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, of, of you know, with, with the tons of different positional battles, how that could add to the ultimate competitiveness factor in terms of, of you know, the, the team really going into opening day, ready to dominate and motivated to compete, not obviously against each other, but against these other teams and really be able to use that competitiveness to fuel them to ultimately get wins. Yeah. I mean, this is, we've talked about this, that this is going to be a hungry ball club. It's just a matter of, are they going to be able to keep up with the team's around them and so far so good in spring training we've seen a lot of reasons to be optimistic we've seen a lot of players who know they're competing for a spot on this 26-man roster and who want to be part of the opening day roster the festivities and just be to to be around this Red Sox team come March 30th March 31st so 
it's it's really good to see the competitive nature of this team in spring training. It's good to see, you know, like you mentioned, the vibes are good. Everyone seems like they're just really gelling and they're really meshing. And it just, it really does seem like that they've all put 2022 in the past and they don't want to talk about it. They've closed that chapter. They're ready to write a new one in 2023 with a lot of new faces and the ones who are still here, not just from 2018, that World Series team, but even last year and the year before, they're ready to just kind of rewrite their who they are and rewrite the narrative around this team. And one thing that we saw happen in in Monday's game that was really tough to see is, is Justin Turner getting hit in the face by a Matt Manning uh, pitch. And uh, I've I've seen you know things in the past like you know Jason Hayward and Giancarlo Stanton, uh, but it was just tough to see a guy like Turner, not only a new face but somebody who's going to be critical to this to this Red Sox lineup, but just the human aspect of it. You never want to see get hurt, somebody get hurt, especially get hit in the face or rather also the head as well. Uh, you know, P-, P. Dave ended up, um, you know, reporting an update. He said that Turner's been taken to a local hospital. No further updates other than that. I wouldn't be surprised if something comes out once we ultimately do post this podcast. But, you know, just, just prayers for Justin Turner and hope he has a speedy recovery. Yeah, you never want to see that. It's it's really scary when uh, players get hit, you know, in the face, the head, anywhere in that area. It, it's really scary. The good thing is, though, is that he was able, Justin Turner was able to get up and walk you know he did have the trainer with him but his face was gushing blood mm-hmm. so really good to see him just be able to walk off and hopefully uh, i'm not surprised he went to the hospital it's probably precautionary but he could have some some facial fractures and like you said by the time that we're done recording we'll hopefully have some sort of update whether that's just alex cora saying he's in good spirits he's fine he's laughing right. or alex cora saying that we're going to be without him for a little while but it's, it's nothing you want to see and you know justin mm-hmm. turner he's new to this team he was going to be some sort of leader with that veteran presence on this team and losing a potential power-ish bat in the middle of the lineup hitter really, really sucks, especially in spring training. But hopefully he's okay and hopefully he can just bounce back and hopefully it's nothing too serious. I'm sure that it's probably going to be a pretty gnarly bruise on his face or you know wherever, whatever yeah. is all said and done. But hopefully he's okay. Like I said, good news that we saw him walking on his own can walk I mean he's probably in so much pain I'd be walking as fast as I could to get off that <laughs> field but just that that was good to see that's probably the only good thing that, that has come from that as, as we record but hope he's okay and hopefully he can just get right back to this to this team and uh, hopefully he doesn't miss opening day but the the main thing is that if, if he does then he just needs to get better because that's what we want we don't if he has to you know miss a couple of weeks or whatever fine just just get better because that's really scary to see when you get hit in the in that face area you know, we said it. You, you never want to see that happen. But th- I think the only positive that comes out of it is that you know it's it's March seventh right now, and you know we're, we're not you know a few days you know a week away from opening day, so he does have some time to recover. And and I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, just knowing Justin Turner's personality from what we've been able to see thus far, not only with the Sox but also you know throughout his MLB career, uh, he'll probably make a joke out of it in terms of his bruise. Be like, you know, shoot, I thought I was ugly before, looking at now, <laughs> something like that. But uh, you know, hope, hope speedy recovery for Justin Turner and, you know, hope, hope we get some, you know, positive news very soon. But, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for some positive news in terms of your career, uh, LinkedIn jobs is the number one spot to be able to post a job and also look for a job as well. And especially these days with every potential hire can be a high stakes wager for your small business. And if you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, that's where you got to check out LinkedIn jobs. 
They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to do so. So you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. And you can also add a job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So if you want to get qualified candidates and talk to them faster and easier, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. And you know, we, we've continued to see the Red Sox stack up the wins uh, going into spring training. Well, as we're recording, the current game that's going on right now against the Tigers is still happening. So, you know, hopefully the Sox can get, get a win uh, in this one. Three ties. Very interesting. I don't know if I've seen so many ties from one team in in the spring but I think you know the pitch clock definitely helps with that uh and and then obviously you know the the lesser competitiveness with, with some of the prospects and some of the guys more focusing on just getting their reps in uh but you know one guy who's who it's been nice to see get his reps in is Corey Kluber we we saw him on the mound uh on Sunday ended up finishing with 52 pitches two hits two walks and struck out four and he's one guy that has a lot of pressure on his shoulders as well as, you know, we mentioned about Chris Sale too, because, you know, Kluber's a guy who obviously we know his past two times Cy Young winner, you know, a little bit on the older side in, in terms of pitchers, but, you know, looking to bounce back after a little bit of a rough season with the Rays last year, but he seemed really good. He seemed like he was pinpointing his pitches and, and had really great control throughout the game and, you know, was able to be confident with a lot of his different pitches, it seemed like. Yeah, and you know, much like Sale, it was really good to see him just kind of be on the mound and look in control and look like somebody who's going to be a, a solid part of this team and a serviceable pitcher to this rotation. There's a lot of question marks surrounding that rotation, and the offense has looked pretty good through spring training, as has the pitching. The pitching, I feel like the team overall, for the most part, has looked pretty good. So it's really it was really good to see him out there as well. And you know, it's you know what, what else can we say? Then it's like it was it was good to see because if to start like this, it's so much better to start on a positive note than if they went out there and got shelled. So right. I'm glad that we have positive news to talk about. We spent a lot of this off season questioning these moves, kind of <laughs> figuring out what what is this team going to be. And even though we still don't have an exact picture, I think that what we've seen so far is painting a much better picture than what you or I thought two months ago, three months ago. Right. I think it gives fans clarity as well. Even even though it's spring training, these games don't actually matter. Uh, I feel a lot more confident about this rotation, not in terms of, you know, it, it's going to erase the questions that I had going into the season, but j just feel a little bit better with, with what we've seen thus far, even though it's a very small sample size. And I'm very curious to see sort of uh, how Kluber is obviously ultimately able to perform through a whole 162 season. But, you know, he did mention that, you know, reflecting on uh, the start against the Marlins, he, he wished that, you know, he, he had not gotten into so many deep counts. You know, he said e every day is, is not going to be clean as you would like. And he said, I got the opportunity to work out of some situations with runners on base. So we accomplished that. And I, I feel like especially early on in spring training, being able to, you know, mentally prepare uh, how to, go about you know runners in scoring position obviously like with his experience throughout his career he has a lot of experience doing that but just getting back in the groove of things getting the juices flowing kind of like how chris sales said today and just being able to mentally figure out you know how you want to attack hitters with different situations that occur during the game 
Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big spring training for a lot of pitchers. And when you're able to kind of figure out how to attack sooner rather than later, and you can kind of get that command and control and just kind of get a groove on, get a groove early on in the season, it's Mm -hmm. going to probably pay dividends by the time opening day gets here. So hopefully we can continue to see this kind of not dominance, but this kind of positivity from these pitchers let's keep going. I, I like where this, where these pitchers are, are going. And like I said, now we're starting to see, you know, the Chris sales, the Corey Klubers, the people who are going to be in this starting rotation, most likely, um, you know, hopefully that James Paxton can, can bounce right back and hopefully get on this, this kind of, this kind of train that Kluber and sale are on right now. So it's, I mean, it's good to see that Kluber and sale are really finding their groove. Hopefully others, you know, can follow suit. And now with James Paxton, Garrett Whitlock and Brian Bayo likely not being ready for opening day. There's three more spots all of a sudden open on this roster that could go to any other pitcher that's mm-hmm. that's fighting for a spot on that roster. And, you know, one guy whose name has been brought up a lot to fill in the spot of, you know, either Bayo, Whitlock, or potentially Paxton is Cutter Crawford. And, you know, we saw him find a way to sneak on into that 26-man roster after last spring training. And he has looked as dominant this spring training as he did last. Obviously, in, in terms of what we saw from him during the regular season, wasn't exactly uh, – as dominant or as dominant or as clean as we saw him in in the 2022 spring training you know had, had a little bit of a higher era than you know most would like to see up in you know the the five or so and i i think what we've seen from him is a, is a little bit more confidence on the mound and being able to you know not really allow any guys on base and you know we saw that uh, on sunday's appearance I ended up actually getting the win after uh, pitching three hitless innings with three strikeouts and in two games overall uh, he is he's pitched five innings only allowing two hits with five strikeouts and I think from what we've seen from him thus far it's 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 positive enough to you know at least be a little bit confident and in, in, uh, want to see what he could bring to this Red Sox rotation if he does need to fill in. Yeah. And I think that because we have seen him before that maybe that's not the safe option, but an option that maybe Red Sox fans would be like, Oh, okay. Like we can do this. And this is, we can get by until Bayo is back until Whitlock's mm-hmm. back. But then, you know, you think about when Whitlock and Bayo are ready and they're start ramping up their workouts, where are they going? Are they going to be starters? Are they going into the bullpen as longer relief guys? It doesn't, I mean, it sounds like that they both are going to be in this rotation, but how long are they going to miss? How long, how short of a leash do these guys have who are in the rotation? So it's going to be really interesting over the next few weeks to see who is going to be filling these holes for the players who are injured. And also, you know, with, with some of those guys who might be filling in, you know, if they make an impact, you know, who who could be sent down, who, who could be released, you know, who could be put on waivers, different things like that. Uh, you know, I, I think especially with where the rotation currently looks with multiple guys might not being able to start opening day, how could start in the rotation? You know, we, we've, we've talked about this a time that, you know, he's he's been told to build up as a starter, but where is he going to go, you know, when, you know, two or three guys come back and, you know, we've talked about this a ton, just being able to have specific roles for different guys. And I think especially for a guy like Crawford as well, you know, if, if he does dominate as a, as a starter, you know, I don't see him as a long-term starter in this rotation, at least for this season, but I, I'm very curious to see how things continue to work out. You know, we brought up the questions in this episode, you know, some are being answered from, from the ones that we had uh, throughout the off season, but it seems like each day 
they're just more and more rise, which just make it much more fun just to, for, for us to debate and sort of speculate on what could happen throughout the season. But it's always nice as well when you get specific updates about different players, which we got, we got an update from Alex Cora regarding James Paxton and Connor Wong uh, yesterday saying uh, just getting, just getting better treatment wise. They're doing a little bit more stuff. Paxton uh, ended up throwing on his knees two days ago. Wong has been running in the pool. He did a few agility drills yesterday, uh, better than what we expected, but we have to be cautious about it. And, you know, we, we've seen hamstring strains come up left and right throughout this spring training, you know, Paxton, Wong, and then Will your Bray, you ended up straining his, his hamstring as well uh, in yesterday's game. And I, I think this is one thing that we're going to continue to see potentially from, you know, guys may, maybe starting to ramp up and, and just getting used to playing every single day. You know, that's where tightness comes in. That's where injuries ultimately start happening. But it's nice to start to hear some positivity regarding some, you know, key players in Pakistan Wong. Yeah, I mean, it's, you want to see, you know, the good news surrounding them and seeing where they're at in their, their rehab, especially people like Paxton, where there is so much, or there's already so many questions surrounding him because he was on track to pitch and they had some setbacks and he had the, the, the lat tear last year that shut him down completely. So to see him come back and hamstrings, I mean, hamstring injuries, there's, there's a lot of those going around the Red Sox right now. And yes, it's early. Yes, they're not fully stretched out, but Hopefully that they can continue to just, you know, not do too much, continue to rest and just get back to where they're going to be serviceable people for this, this Red Sox team, especially Connor Wong. I mean, he had a, a lot going, a lot riding on the spring training, trying to be this, the Red Sox backup catcher. And now he'll probably start this season in Worcester, which is fine. I think that he'll, that's, that's probably where he should be anyway, but it's, it's still a bummer to see because I, I do like him. And I think that, there's a lot of potential there for him to be a serviceable catcher for this team. And Alforo is the guy that we've spoken about throughout the last week who is, is essentially, you know, right on his coattail of, you know, in terms of a race of who will be the bat, backup catcher. And right now, you know, Alforo is batting 700. He's seven for 10 thus far uh, in spring training. And in, uh, in, in yesterday's game, ended up going three for three uh, with two RBIs. And he can't, he can't, say enough about how impressive that is thus far for Alforo. Obviously curious to see how he ultimately ends up playing in the WBC. But, um, you know, in my mind, when, you know, March 25th comes around, I think it's kind of a no-brainer just to add him to the 40-man roster, especially if you don't see Connor Wong start to speed up uh, his recovery in terms of his hamstring. Yeah, and you know we we've talked highly about him that we he's got a lot he's got a lot of good energy around him, but you know your vibes and energy only go so far. But he's had a really impressive spring training, and we talked about how Alex Cora will have some difficult decisions to make once he has to cut down that roster to twenty six. So I mean, maybe it's going to be a bit easier now with Connor Wong injured and Alfaro just kind of sliding in there, but. I don't think that that means he's going to kind of slow down and what he's done for spring training. I think after the world baseball classic and he comes back and he's able to, to come back and get be with the Red Sox. I think we'll continue to see what we've seen all spring training. And hopefully that just, that translates over to regular season games because we know that's where everything matters. Mm -hmm. And a lot, a lot throughout this episode, we, we've talked about, you know, the, the pitching side of the team, but, you know, two guys I wanted to bring up outside of all four. Uh, Romel Tapia 
continuing to show off why he deserves to be, uh, you, you know, a bench piece or an, an outfield depth piece. Ended up going two for three with two RBIs. Uh, one of those was a double. One of those was a home run uh, in Monday's game. And, and it's been really nice to see him you know, really come into his own and continuing to show why he deserves to be uh, a bench piece over a guy like Jaron Duran, who is also impressed. Right. And Tapia, I mean, he's, I've, I always felt like he was a major league player when he had the minor league contract. I was like, Oh, that's no one in no, no, no other MLB team wanted to give him a shot at a major league deal. But this is, this is, you know, he's proving that he deserves a shot at this roster. And if he keeps this up, it's, it's going to be tough. And we've talked about how there's going to be, there's going to be not, well, I guess you can call them snubs, but you know, the odd men out on this roster and Tapia, I thought is somebody, or I think is somebody who knows that he's fighting for a roster spot. I mean, everyone is, but someone like him, he's here to prove something. He's probably has a chip on his shoulder as well and wants to be part of a major league roster. And if he, if that means he's going to kick out someone and someone else in that roster, so be it. You're going to take the 26 best players. And if he's one of them, then he's absolutely deserved it. Cause if he keeps up what he's doing, there's no way you can send him to Worcester. I don't think, I don't think he'd yeah. want to go to Worcester. I'd be like, no, I don't care. This is a minor <laughs> league deal. You see what I'm doing for you right now? No, I, I want to be on the major league roster. And Tapia also has, has a similar uh, contract clause of the March 25th. They got to add him to the 40 man roster. Or, you know, he has the ability to uh, field offers from other teams. And I, I think, you know, if, if that if teams had that ability uh, right now, I, th I think he would get snatched up very quickly. And so the Sox have a lot of different uh, tough decisions to make uh, going into that date of March 25th. Still got a lot of time until then uh, for things to ultimately change. But one last guy that I want to bring up as well, who you know we spoke about as a potential dark horse to make the opening day roster is David Hamilton. Ended up going two for two uh, in Sunday's game, a double with two RBIs and also stole a base as well. And I found it interesting to hear Alex Cora's thoughts on seeing Hamilton ultimately steal a base in that game. You know, he sort of mentioned, I've seen video of it, but, you know, seeing it in person, it's legit. And uh, that's one thing that, you know, we saw it a little bit uh, in Monday's game from a stolen base of the Tigers, and Will Middlebrooks was talking about it, of how that extra three inches of the bigger base could really help some of these st uh stolen base runners and i think hamilton could really capitalize off of that and if he continues to show what he can do he could be looked at as one of the top guys on the list whether if he makes the opening day roster even if he doesn't he definitely has caught attention from from the front office and from the coaching staff yeah he absolutely has and the bigger bags this is kind of what they were talking about when when the, when it came to when it came to fruition that they that, that the big bags were going to be a thing that more stolen bases were probably going to be part of the equation. So it's nice to see someone too, like David Hamilton taking advantage of that because I'm a sucker for stolen bases. I love when anyone steals bases, especially home, but that, you know, doesn't happen a whole lot, but to see it happen a bit more in spring training already, I think is, is fun. It makes the game. I like stolen base. I think it makes the game more fun. And I, the, the bigger bases, I haven't, I haven't really sat down and like stared at the TV but I don't, I, they don't look that much bigger on TV. Again, I haven't really like sat and stared at it. So I'm not going to sit here and one, like put my, that's like, that's my hot take of the spring training. But well, even, even when I was there in person, like they weren't that big, like you couldn't see a massive difference really at all, honestly. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're not the ones playing, but it doesn't, it looks like it's just going to be more stolen bases, which means more fun.
And, you know, when you brought up, you know, stealing home, I just think back to, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury in his <laughs> early days with the team and uh, how exciting that was as a fan in, in that aspect of the game just, just makes it a lot more interesting and fun to watch. And I think with what David Hamilton was able to do last season, you know, stealing 70 bases, if he's able to do something similar at a major league level, uh, and then, you know, you potentially add Jaron Duran to that equation of being able to have two guys like that with the amount of speed, you know, catchers are going to be nervous when when they have to deal with the Red Sox lineup. That ultimately is the equation during the future. But uh, we're we're going to continue to keep you updated about everything that's going on with the Boston Red Sox and and help to continue to get you as excited as possible leading up to opening day. So not not to cut you off, but the Red Sox just released an update on Justin Turner that he's alert and in good spirits given the circumstances. Um, he's being. Uh, receiving treatment for soft tissue injuries and is being monitored for a concussion. He'll undergo further testing and they'll update once they have more information. So being alert and in good spirits, I think is a positive yeah. thing, but it's just, it, it's, it just, it still sucks all around, but I'm glad he's alert and he's yeah, you know, seems to be in good spirits given the, the circumstances. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't think about the concussion aspect. It, it makes a lot of sense, especially with, you know, fastball coming right at your face, but right. uh, you know, you know, not a doctor whatsoever, but you know, for, for most concussions, it takes two to three weeks or so. So it's, it's nice to see that uh, hopefully it doesn't hinder his ability to be able to, you know, play on opening day, but especially with something like that, you want, we want to help a player recover as slow as possible, just in terms of making sure that it doesn't hurt him, not only in the baseball aspect, but also in just the human aspect as well, of being able to go about just your regular life. So happy to hear he's, he's awake, aware, um, and, you know, as we said before, just praying for, you know, a speedy recovery for Justin Turner. And, you know, we're going to continue to keep you posted about that situation and all others uh, on here on the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. So make sure to subscribe on YouTube or whatever audio platforms that you listen to. Also, we want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also make sure to follow us on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Also myself, it's at Jake Iggy. And also Lauren, it's La La La. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. But we greatly appreciate everybody tuning into this episode. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. We'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith and let's go Sox. Peace.